Hello, this is Katie. And Mike. And welcome to the third episode of Simp. We are two Yale Young Global Scholars from South Korea and Shanghai who are concerned about mental health during the COVID era. In this podcast, we'll draw from our personal experiences and additional research to raise awareness about mental health in relation to anti-Asian hate. Mike, could you please tell us why this topic is relevant to today's world and how it is significant? Well, a torrent of hate and violence against people of Asian descent around the United States began in spring of 2020, in the earliest days of coronavirus pandemic. A drastic surge in anti-Asian attacks was seen across the U.S., but Asian groups lacked the means to retaliate, and the media, as well as incumbent government, the Trump administration, at the time failed to address the issue promptly. A little data is enough to show the horror and magnitude of this crusade of racial prejudice. The New York Times, using media reports from across the country to capture a sense of the rising tide of anti-Asian bias, but more than 110 episodes since March 2020, in which there was clear evidence of race-based hate. The tally may be only a sliver of the violence and harassment given the general undercounting of hate crimes, but the broad survey captures the general idea that the safety of Asian groups in the United States has been largely compromised ever since COVID. Is it possible that you could show us how pervasive the anti-Asian hate has become over the past year? And what may be the repercussions of this barrage of assaults and harassment? Yeah, of course. Here's just a couple examples. On May 18th, 2021, a man yells sexist and homophobic slurs and spits on a pregnant Asian woman in Oakland. On May 20th, a Thai woman was punched and robbed on her way to work in San Francisco, Chinatown. May 25th, an Asian powerlifting champion was attacked by a hammer-wielding robber, a walking dog in LA. On the same day, an Asian ex-NFL assistant coach was told that he was not the right minority in a job interview. On June 3rd, a homeless man was charged for sucker punching a 55-year-old Asian woman in New York City, Chinatown. June 12th, a black man verbally attacked an Asian-American NYPD officer, saying, you fucking chink. June 16th, an Asian-American woman was assaulted in Culver City, California. On June 17th, a 22-year-old Muslim woman wearing a hijab was verbally attacked in Vancouver. On June 25th, a Chinese-Canadian family has lived in fear for nearly a month since a group of teenagers began following them and targeting their home in Oakland, Ontario. And finally, on the same day, a woman was captured on video yelling racial slurs at an Asian Uber driver in North Carolina saying, go fuck yourself, go back to Asia. With 16 months passed since COVID hit the U.S., four months since the Atlanta mass shooting, the pandemic has now been well controlled, but anti-Asian hate crimes are still continuing in a rampant fashion. The New York Police Department reported that they had received 66% more reports of anti-Asian hate crimes this year compared to 2020. Police officials have said that more victims appear to be reporting anti-Asian attacks than in the past. Community advocates have said that anti-Asian crimes have long been underreported because of language barriers and distrust of the police. The aforementioned cases all happened within about a month in May and June 2021. And it's important to note that these cases are just a portion of the ones being reported on general media. Over the last year, more than 6,600 anti-Asian hate incidents have been recorded nationwide, according to nonprofit Stop AAPI Hate. There is an exceedingly underreported number of hate crimes just in America 
because of its elusiveness and difficulty to charge hate crimes like these. The number and severity of these incidents well demonstrate how widespread and destructive anti-Asian bias is and how it can lead to irreversible catastrophes. The impact of these attacks on the mental health of the victims and fellow members of the Asian communities is incalculable. The fact is any Asian, regardless of gender, age, appearance, sexuality, or religion, can be targeted and fall into the hands of unprincipled perpetrators of hate and prejudice. Every Asian family in the United States from the onset of COVID has lived in constant fear and anxiety of their own safety and of a society that does not welcome or protect them well enough. So you mentioned that it has been rather difficult to charge perpetrators of anti-Asian hate crimes. How so? So back in March 2021, an Asian man walking home in Manhattan was stabbed in his back. But in New York State, to charge attacks like the stabbing in Manhattan as hate crimes, prosecutors would need to show that the victims were targeted because of their race. But proving anti-Asian bias can be particularly difficult. There's no widely recognized symbol of anti-Asian hate comparable to a noose, a symbol of lynching directed at African-Americans, or swastika, the symbol of Nazism. And historically, many Asian crime victims in the U.S. have been small business owners who are robbed, complicating the question of motive. The legal system even had challenges finding the murderer in the Atlanta mass shooting incident guilty because of racist intent. Many are grappling with the reality that the law is not designed to account for many of the ways in which Asian Americans experience racism. Many incidents do not lead to arrests or hate crime charges. So the extent to which Asian Americans are being targeted has been difficult to capture with any reliable data. Having talked about the gravity of these hate crimes, what do you think is the root of all of the violence? Well, it is undeniable that the Trump administration has to take some blame for the growing anti-Asian hate. Even before COVID hit NYC, Donald Trump and his Republican allies had intents on calling the virus the Chinese virus. As the U.S. medical response collapsed in the spring and summer of 2020 and amidst Trump's running for the election, he went on further to incite anti-Asian attacks by calling COVID conflu or other nicknames that have inflamed unprovoked violence against Asians. Another reason is the media. The media has failed to capture the reality of the virus from the very start by providing biased or erroneous information to the public. For example, while no scientific institutions in the world have been able to corroborate the origin of COVID, many news outlets and social media decided to feel anti-Chinese sentiment by speculating about the origins of the virus. This has had a tremendously appalling aftermath because irresponsible statements like this that are not backed by any scientific proof would do nothing but set the injurious underpinning preconceived notion of the virus that will instigate more hate. The absence of a source that provides a completely objective picture of the virus to educate the population is the tragic reality of this COVID era and one of the most consequential genesis of the evil of hate. Another reason I want to suggest is the culture among Asian families that values moderation and stoicism. Drawn from my personal experiences, the majority of first-generation Asian American parents still uphold many Eastern cultural norms, and these ideologies have guided many second-generation Asian Americans to lead their life. Among all those Eastern values, one of the most noticeable 
is that Asians are inclined towards the endurance of pain instead of raising their voices immediately. Though this may be true before COVID, the virus has changed this phenomenon greatly. Many Asian Americans have been more willing to voice their concerns and defend their culture and communities in various ways on social media. And it's most striking to see innumerable Asian Americans decided to take their voice to the streets to protest against prejudicial violence. It is definitely appalling that anti-Asian hate crimes have taken such a scandalous mental toll on the victims and the entire Asian community. But has there been any concrete measures that the government has taken to combat this urgent issue? Yeah, of course. In April 2021, the Senate overwhelmingly approved legislation aimed at strengthening federal efforts to address hate crimes directed at Asian Americans amid a sharp increase in discrimination and violence against Asian communities in the U.S., The bipartisan vote 94 to 1 was the first legislative action either chamber of Congress has taken to bolster law enforcement's response to attacks on people of Asian descent, which have intensified during the coronavirus pandemic. The measure sponsored by Senator Mazi Hirono, Democrat of Hawaii, would establish a position at the Justice Department to expedite the agency's review of hate crimes and expand the channels to report them. It would also encourage the creation of state-run hate crimes hotlines, provide grant money to law enforcement agencies that train their officers to identify hate crimes and introduce a series of public education campaigns around bias against people of Asian descent. Such a measure would definitely be a great leap forward in combating the entrenched social bias against Asians in the United States and around the world. Thank you.